Thanks for tuning in to 210 a Local Media Podcast. I am your host, Mario Zamron, and we've got a special guest here today uh, from a project that most San Antonians probably haven't heard of, but if you look all across the world and look at all the reviews on their website, or rather on their Facebook group page, you can see that they're getting quite a bit of global attention. Uh, today I've got Patrick here from Built for the Future. Patrick, thanks for coming in. No problem. It's a pleasure. Uh, first off, I start every interview with... Who are you and what do you do? Well, my name is Patrick. I'm in Built for the Future, and I'm actually the multi-instrumentalist uh, writer, composer, and producer of the project. Nice. I have a partner in crime. His name is Kenny Bissett, and he does the lead vocals. And so the two of us um, form the entirety of the core, and then we have a couple of guitarists that are friends of ours that guest. Mm-hmm. But um, it's essentially Kenny and I. And another special guest as well, right? Um, Billy Sherwood. Oh, my daughter. Yeah. Forget the yes guy. Let's talk about my daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody from yes helped us a little bit, which is a dream come true. But um, overstating that, my daughter played (laughs) um, violin, viola, and cello on the album. Oh, that's awesome. Which track was that? It's on the very final track, and it's part three called Flight. It's on The Great Escape. Nice. If you haven't already, you need to go back and check out episode number 62, which is built for the future radio. And then you can go ahead and stop that episode once you're done, tune into this episode, and continue with this interview. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where where did your musical influences start? As you know, was it as a child? Was it a young adult? Well, growing up, I was um, primarily an artist, illustrator, and draw. I drew a lot. Got to high school, and uh, middle of sophomore year, I discovered the Beatles. Nice. A little late, but. Um, John Lennon had just gotten shot, mm. and that created a big buzz. So they're on the radio nonstop for a few years, and yeah. just dug into the Beatles and became a Beatle freak. That's nice. all I listened to for primarily the rest of high school um, until senior year, um, and that is where I found Yes, mm. the first the first foray into progressive rock at Apple Records over on San Pedro. I was drawn in by the um, artwork actually. Oh yeah, and so I got the album and. Never looked back. I started getting into that whole genre and um, loved it. Postered nice. up my room, all the Yes and Rush posters, and, Very and nice. was hooked. <laughs> well, for those in San Antonio, I, I mean, I could definitely speak for a lot of them and say most of them are probably not too familiar with what prog is. What would really define a prog group or a prog project? Well, I guess the first rule of prog is that um, there are no rules, and so... Progressive rock, historically, has been music that's broken the normal boundaries of the three, four-minute pop song, um, trying to do things interestingly, um, sometimes expansively. Mm-hmm. In the 70s, it was its heyday, so a lot of times prog refers to the um, mass of music that was released in the 70s, like Yes and Rush and Genesis, mm-hmm. in which you know some of the cliches kick in with you know long soloing and 30-minute <laughs> songs and... Yeah complexities and um, sometimes strange themes and lyrics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's an essence of art primarily. Um, And for us, we're called crossover prog in the actual genre. And um, that's kind of prog tendencies with a lot of accessibility. So try to keep that balance so that the songs um, don't meander forever. Yeah. So your first foray into prog was yes. And I assume, you know, of course, the ones that you mentioned as well. Um, going by that definition, like the first band that pops into my head is Mars Volta, which I guess by that definition would fit. Yes. But it kind of didn't really ever get filed in that category. It kind of just stayed in the trippy, trip rock kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of disguised prog in the <laughs> latter years. And so um, <clears throat> it's interesting if you read in prog magazines and websites, Mars Volta is all over the place. Nice. And so it was... Um, Muse and mm. um, I mean Muse is big in the prog world yeah. and you would think they're just an alternative band but um, there's a lot of alternative bands that are really just newer versions of prog mm-hmm. um, but they don't use the title probably yeah. probably wisely but they don't use the they don't use the framing title um, even though they get credit in that genre for being creative to me that just means that the people that are in that genre have open arms and are willing to be able to accept different forms of it or rather uh, different iterations of it compared to, for example, alternative rock, where if somebody says, oh, we've got a prog band that wants to play with an alternative rock crew, 
they'll just automatically be like, oh, that's weird. We don't, yeah. we don't associate with that, even though not realizing that they probably do yeah. all the time. I think our album, when I, when I discuss it with folks locally, I'll kind of throw an alternative in there because for one, there's a lot of alternative references mm-hmm. and for me, alternative is a little older. You know, I'm thinking Tears for Fears, The Fix, Ultravox, oh, yeah. um, Peter Gabriel, Nine Inch Nails, that kind of nice and to me that was expansive pop so that's like progressive pop and um so there is a lot of alternative influence and you know if i were to tell somebody radio wave one of our songs was an alternative song i think they'd that would fit right into that so nice the english folks we tell them it's prog so (laughs) they like that title yeah just put a different name on it and and everybody will well I'm, i'm glad we're getting to do this because i know you and i have talked about i know we're jumping way ahead i just wanted to talk about the album a little bit first and then go back a little bit again um, because one of the things that we had talked about is that you guys have been getting hits all over the world and lots of reviews all over the world, prog uh, websites all over the place, and locally, nothing. Crickets, quiet. Well, there's a few grasshoppers, but not, Good. But not too not too much as opposed to um, what we're experiencing worldwide. That's well, and see, and that's the thing. It's kind of a funny, uh, a funny backwards effect to most of the music scene here is that everybody's local and they can't bust out you guys have busted out already but you can't get can't local. crack the egg here yeah it's kind of an interesting an interesting problem probably a better problem to have than being stuck here and not able to go out well it's almost by design because <clears throat> part of the ambition wasn't to um, be a local band that's playing out and you know generating a following you know when kenny and i were in our 20s that's what we did you know he played in felt none i played in a band called sage um, our guitarist that just joined us for our live crew played in um, Innocent Bystander. Raul, the drummer, played in Felt None. So we all, wow. we've done the circuit big yeah. time. And we did the whole ambitious, we'll see what happens. You know, Kenny and Innocent Bystander got far closer to contracts and mm-hmm. larger deals. <clears throat> so that whole thing is, you know, kind of for the young. And so for us, it's really about getting our music heard and writing music that we want to write. So Nice. Playing live or getting a crowd locally is a bonus if that occurs, but ambitiously we want people who appreciate the music mm-hmm. to hear it. And I've done a lot of networking and made a lot of friends over the last couple of years while I was writing the album, so I had no idea it would pay off the way it paid off, but yeah. um, there's a lot of like minds out on the planet, and so we're tapping into that, and it's very, um, we're grateful and we're fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As a matter of fact, we were talking about it before we started recording that I visited your band camp earlier today and all the physical CDs are sold out. Yeah, that shocked me. If, <laughs> if you, you know, if I could go back to my first couple of posts on my Facebook group when I built it for the band, one of the jokes was I was going to hope to sell seven CDs. And, um, you know, we sold them all quickly. And, yeah. you know, I was at the post office mailing them all over the world, nice. which... Um, was flattering you know people were wanting the cd yeah but that's also an indicator of the kind of listener you know they want albums they want concepts they want it in their hand i think if we i tell kenny all the time if we were a pop band you know we'd be screwed yeah for one we're (laughs) you know we're in our 40s and um number two you know we we're competing with millions of people trying to crack that just a little bit and so we're kind of over in our little you know little corner of the music world yeah and those folks like exactly the kind of things that we like and so they appreciate the album the artwork Mm -hmm. the concepts the themes i get so many comments on the lyrics which um you know is powerful to me so yeah absolutely absolutely going back to the past because i know we had talked about musical influences was anybody in your family musical at all did you grow up around musical uh talent actually no one Nope. Sorry, family, but um, <laughs> nobody in my family was uh, musical. And again, I grew up drawing, and so I think my creative juices were always mm-hmm. being, you know, they're always being enhanced and um, nurtured. And I was actually quite a good illustrator first, all the way up till high school. Nice. Funny, when I picked up the guitar, I, I stunted my growth illustrating. So, yeah. Um, but. You know, I met a great friend in high school named David. He actually plays on the album. We're still friends today. Nice. And um, he was a guitar player. And we wrote a couple of abysmal songs trying to be the Beatles. You know, we even called KONO one day um, with this insanely bad song and sang it to the guy over the phone thinking (laughs) he was going to, you know, 
give us a record deal and put us on KONO. <laughs> he was very nice about it, but, um, you know, we were naive. But, you know, my friendship with him is really what fueled yeah. learning to play bass, um, forming a band with him. You know, we played for like seven years, you know, wow. and we still over the years have written and recorded in our own studios and helped each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're still close friends. We talk every week. And he guessed it on the album with some pretty badass guitar, actually. Nice. So. Nice. And he, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he's he's probably the biggest influence um, that motivated the cementing of music in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, growing up. Nice. And uh, your your direct partner Kenny Bissett. How long have you guys known each other? How did that How did that come about? It's funny. Um, probably say I met Kenny as a stalker. Because um, I'm a big music fan, and and so when I like something, I get excited. Even back in the '80s, and I I saw him at a place called Sonova Beach, here in town. Anybody our age is probably saying, "Oh, I remember that place." <laughs> Everyone else is like, "What?" Um, but Sonova Beach, they played, and I went and saw them. I was by myself actually, and they felt none was amazing. And I stood right in front of the speaker, just leaning on the speaker, watching them. Yeah. Um, they blew me away. The music was so up my alley, odd time signatures, a lot of melody, um, really interesting patterns and vo double vocals. And, and I just stood there the whole show and Kenny knew I was standing right there. And afterwards he came up to me, he thought I was a music reviewer. Oh, nice. And he's like, so who are you with? And I said, no, I'm just blown away. Yeah. So we, you know, became friends and I would go to shows cause I was a fan. Then I started, you know, with my big VHS camera doing oh, some man. free filming for them and I would film their shows for them. And, and then we started playing, we had a couple of gigs where we played with each other, his band and our band. So wow. we just kind of hit the scene together. Yeah. And they were good people. They were really, all of them were really nice guys. So that's cool. That's cool. And uh, Kenny and I actually dabbled in the late eighties, early nineties in, projects you know but nothing ever locked down and that was way before home recording technology was what it is today so this yeah. was all kind of forming a band type thing and nothing ever really took hold so we'd always just kind of periodically run into each other and catch up so yeah nice nice so you had mentioned some of the prior bands that everybody was in uh how many just out of curiosity just for for a reference point in curiosity how many prior bands have you been in uh, the only band i was really ever in a sage okay and then after that dispelled um you know i just started writing and working from home and you know i tried to form a few bands with a few local people and mm -hmm. never i'm pretty picky and so never really felt the chemistry that i felt with sage because david and i um were like lennon mccartney back then in the old days and so we'd sit in a room and write 20 songs and you know Damn. be real excited about them so it's hard to re reproduce that feeling with other people. <clears throat> and um, so through the years, I started buying home recording equipment. I'd write and record, and I've written like four albums that are incomplete. Wow. You know, they're just, they're written. I'll probably never touch them because they're on other equipment now. They're different kinds of mm -hmm. technology. But um, I'd always get to that last chapter of finishing the vocals, and then for some reason I'd get diverted. So mm. um, that was kind of a hint, I think, saying, get a singer, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think a lot of I think a lot of bands can get to that point as well. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, some friends of mine are playing without a singer, and they've gone through a couple of different singers, and they're back to being instrumental. And personally, I'm like, just stick instrumental. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's power behind that. There's almost kind of like the 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 prog scene has that warm, welcoming co community kind of feel to it. I think instrumental bands have that as well. Yeah. Um, and they have their fans that are just, you know, well, we don't need the words. We want to just enjoy the music and the, yeah. and the purity of it. Uh, even some bands I'm, I'm hearing now are recording uh, the versions of both, you yeah. know, without singers. But ha hearing after hearing the album, and hopefully you guys have all heard it by this point, uh, it's just amazing. Thank you. Vocally, just amazing. Yeah, he's pretty good. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's really cool because, um, you know, I say this every time we get you know, have a conversation or interviewed or something, but it's a, it's like a bonus because, you know, for one, Kenny's tastes and, and things that he does and adds to the music fit what I want. So there's no clash of like, he's not adding something I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't know about that. I mean, he'll, when we were doing the recording, I'd send him tracks and, and I would send guide vocals cause I would sing them cause the ones that I wrote, I would sing. And then he would just 
sing them, but yeah. better. And then he'd add stuff, and he'd tell me every single time, if you don't like it, just dump it. If you don't yeah. like it, dump it. It's not going to hurt my feelings. you know. And every time I'm in tears at home, like, oh, oh my man. God, it's so good. Because, I mean, what he would add was just ideal. It's beautiful. So, yeah. But one of the perks is that um, he sounds kind of like me. And so we've gotten a lot of comments from DJs and reviewers that our voices fit so well together. Um, yeah. And his is, his is outstanding. And mine serves decently as a backup vocalist, but they blend so nicely from yeah. a tonal standpoint. And even when I write something and he sings it, I've got the glorious bonus of it sounds the way it was in my head when I wrote it. Right. You know, because right. it really does. I mean, there's parts that, you know, my daughters will be like, is that you or Kenny? <laughs> and um, because it sounds so much like me, just done, you know, really, really better. But if, you know, imagine, I mean, there's a lot of good singers with different voices. He could have oh, sounded yeah. like Steve Perry or something. And, you know, it totally could have changed, changed the everything. whole, everything yeah. that was in my idea. Not making it bad, but just but different, different, you know. And in this case, I get to keep the ideas that are in my head. And um, really works out nicely. That's awesome. So, yeah. oh, that's amazing. Um, so you kind of went over it a little bit. Like, what is the, the whole songwriting process for you guys? I know you said that you pretty much write all the lyrics and hand it to him, and then he adds his parts if he needs to. But aside from that, like, is it all just, I'm, I'm sure, directly from majority of your mind of what you're creating, and he kind of helps bring that in? Well, he <clears throat> came in late in the writing process well, I take that back I was writing an album called Around the Sun and you know again almost totally d done with it and um, he had run into me um, at a Starbucks months before that and we were just comparing music and he was impressed with what he'd heard what I was tracking because you know it sounds decent until I start singing you know then I start like well but um, he liked it and then he showed me some of his stuff which you know melodically sounded great but he was a little you know, a little flustered by trying to have to produce it. And the comment he made, which is kind of the catalyst for everything, was um, he was just like, I just get frustrated with producing and worrying about that. I wish I could just walk up and sing. That's what he said. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Man. And then so months later, when I was riding around the sun, I had Radio Wave and, and Light Chaser, and they didn't fit exactly into what Around the Sun was. So I put them aside and said, I'll use these later for a different project. Mm -hmm. Then I remembered his comment. I thought, I wonder if he'd sing on those two and we could do something separately. Yeah. And so those started it. <clears throat> and and then when we got rolling, you know, the third song that we put together was called Speed of the Climb. And that's a song that was originally done, written by Kenny Dunn and Felt Nunn. Oh, nice. So there's an original version from, you know, the late 80s that, you know, again, being a fan of his style and songs, I was... He said, what do you think about trying to redo in your style one of oral songs? And I said, absolutely. So Speed of the Climb came out freaking amazing. Um, David added some amazing guitar at the end. And um, so that got us, that's another way that we're writing. So either I write everything and send him the tracks. He's got songs that I re kind of reinvent. Mm -hmm. And I did that three times. So Samsara was his. And I turned that into the prog song. Matter of fact, he was like, prog, prog, hell out of it, man. Just prog it out. <laughs> so I said, all right, man. So I progged it out. And then Walls is another song that was written by Kenny. Um, and I was writing a song in seven. It had this verses and pieces. And I started playing the chorus, trying to write a chorus. And Walls was like, just right. So I, I texted him. I said, hey, what if I, because this is different than just reproducing a song. This is tearing a song apart and just using right. chunks. I said, what if I dissect walls and use part of it? And he said, go for it. So that's another method. And then the yeah. last kind of, you know, now he's writing now because I encourage him. And then I'll take his ideas and blow them up into songs. Nice. Because, his, again, his taste and ideas just get me excited. So Yeah. And then Arrive was the one song on the album that um, I wrote all the music. I wrote no melody. I mm. said, do anything you want. Write lyrics and melody. And so he came up with, you know, how we open the album it's beautiful yeah. you know been around the sun nice a little bit better than that though <laughs> so um i know one of the questions that i've been wanting to ask and we hadn't really gotten to talk to it, talk about it before you don't have an actual facebook fan page i think we did touch on it a little bit but you have a group page i think i get it now i think i get the difference and the reason for going that way um but I want to hear your take on it. Well, first of all, I started so that Kenny and David and I could talk. So I created that for us. And um, just just like the album 
you know, writing the recording the album, it didn't I didn't really imagine it would get the exposure that it would get. And so it started as a group because it was going to be just a group where mm-hmm. we could talk about where we're at with the album and talk about how the songs were progressing. And then as we progressed and people started getting into it, and we met a fellow named Todd in Ohio, and he joined the group. Once he joined the group, he was like our number one fan, and he started getting people. And it was kind of interesting, but he, he was pretty pivotal in getting some exposure. So people started joining. And so, <clears throat> I mean, we got almost 300 people that have nice. joined. And the cool thing is it's all voluntary. It's not yeah. seeking likes and clicks and all that stuff. And I get advice often to get a band page, but yeah. I'm holding off because... Um, it's a little bit more personal. It feels a little bit more real to have people want to just join the oh, group yeah. where it doesn't feel like um, a mechanism, you know, right. for an advertising like. mechanism. It's more yeah. like just join the club and let's talk and we'll show you inside stuff. And so that's why I'm sticking with that. I mean, someone may pry me into doing a band page later, but um, I even had a couple comments where people are like, man, I respect it because you're sticking to the group and, that's you know, it's not not pushing kind of it's, it doesn't feel right. so marketing you know it feels yeah. more like a like a club like a fan club so yeah definitely that's kind of is that what you were thinking yeah i mean yeah. I, it 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 does it really does kind of cater to the idea that you're you're in the know you're you're backstage with the band yeah. you're you're a vip rather than oh i saw them on facebook i like them done yeah moved on that's i the only the only thing that i can see that facebook that having an actual Facebook band page or group page for that purpose, the only benefit is that the tagability. Yeah, that's really it. And if you guys were to create, and and my brain working around it is to create personality uh, pages for yourselves. Yeah, that way you can still have the group and have it be exactly what it is and grow it the way you're growing it because it's amazing. The interaction there is amazing. I think you're more in touch with your fan base than any band that has a, a Facebook band page. Oh, wow. Um, but if you create your own personal pages like that, you can be tagged. Yeah. You get the benefit there. You can have your personal page personal, and you can have your, your band version or your personality page be open for everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's benefits and detractors either way, but I think I think you got it with the group page. I really do. I think... I think seeing once this comes out, and I think once local bands kind of catch on, that's going to be the new method yeah. of doing things. Well, that's that's an honor because it's really just being an old fart and, and being stubborn, <laughs> thinking you know we'll, we'll keep it homey because um, it's it really was started for our circle of friends, and we get requests for joining that group almost daily, and nice. it's honestly pretty flattering when they want to join that group because. Yeah. I'm not out there trying to pop likes and, you know, just get numbers and clicks. I mean, it's like someone's interested in being part of the circle. So yeah, try to hold on to that as long as possible. I I think it's awesome. I think it's a great, um, a great way of doing that. Uh, And it gets the content straight to the people that are there for it, not just throwing content out and hoping somebody passes by and grabs it. Yeah. So it it is definitely a, a different way of doing things. And I think it's effective. Thank you. So, uh, and if, and at first I know we had talked, I was like, man, you need to do that. You need to do that. And then I thought about it. I was like, no, man, I get it. I really do. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was, I mean, once you guys see, and I'm going to post pictures of, of the, uh, the album, the artwork is just phenomenal. Like I was completely blown away by the packaging, the way it looks, the way it feels in your hand, the, the lyric book. How many pages did you say it is? Well, there's a digital booklet that's 25 pages of lyrics um, and images and photos that when you buy the CD or if you buy the album digitally from Bandcamp, you get the digital download. So yeah, I think it's an uh, Adobe. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you you know if you buy them, they load onto your desktop and then you can open it up and you know it's just one of those old school kind of album experiences where, um, quite frankly, heavily influenced by my love for rush and the way hugh syme would put together um images to lyrics and you know you'd have these just series of cool images that you flip through while you're reading the lyrics and oh you've um, got some really cool images going here well in again in the prog world you know that's important you know if we were an indie band or or a singer-songwriter and you know the image of that of the packaging you know 
plays into what you're doing and, oh, yeah. and the same thing with this type of music where um if it doesn't stand interestingly with what you're looking at <clears throat> you lose a little bit of the punch you know that's mm-hmm. that's exactly how i got into yes is by the artwork of roger dean um just caught my attention and took me into this little world <clears throat> and so this album and the artwork that should hopefully ties in all together with lyrics and oh, yeah. um, the feel of the music and the storyline. It's kind of a metaphorical story, but you know, it all ties in. Hopefully it enhances, you know, what people are buying. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about that story. I mean, I know some of it's very personal, of course, but you know, as much as you care to share. <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a metaphor. It's actually, when I was writing around the sun, it's part of this, it's kind of part of the story. And Around the Sun, which, by the way, Kenny tracked all the vocals, and so I'm mixing it, so that'll be the next release. Nice. And I'm very fond of that album, um, emotionally fond of it. You know, hopefully people will like it the same as you know, with the same enthusiasm um, as they like this album, but I'm very fond of it, just yeah. from an emotional connection. And, and that one's a little bit more narrative, I mean, where you have this character that we created called Fisher, and, and you know, he goes through phases of his journey looking for a imaginary better world called metropolis Hmm. and the songs that got discarded because you know just sonically they didn't fit not thematically there's sonically they sounded a little different um or light chaser and radio wave so that started to you know i'll put a theme Mm -hmm. base and i I literally thought i'll put this together it'll be a theme of moving on looking for something better chasing Mm -hmm. the light and then around the sun can follow it with more of a literal journey and yeah. then we have a third album we're working on that's tentatively called Planet that is kind of about being there, you know, so it's kind of yeah. a series of albums and then that'll be that'll be that trilogy kind of thing. And so metaphorically it's about leaving something painful or toxic or something that um isn't what it was and you're looking for again, you fill in the blank what light stands for, but you mm-hmm. know, truth, happiness, peace, um a better world. And so there's there's a lot of room for interpreting it in a mm-hmm. way that hopefully it makes it personal you know as a as a lyric fan i like lyrics that when you're driving in your car and you're singing them you feel like they're for you mm-hmm. and yeah you know that's why I, you know it's one of my rules if i ever break it you can slap me but you know i'll probably never write a song with a person's name in it yeah. you know because if i write a song called mario and that's, some guy named john's it. listening to it he's not going to connect because it's for mario you know yeah. and so to me that's having a broad kind of philosophical or emotional connection to somebody is powerful. Yeah. Um, and so when you're listening to, you know, staring at the sun and at the end and you're, I mean, it's like this anthemic kind mm-hmm. of build up, you know, hopefully people can feel that for a few minutes. Yeah. A couple of people that have been very supportive in the prog world. Um, some of the DJs that are good friends of ours now, um, mention that like they listen to that stuff and they get choked up and they Gosh. feel like it's you know uplifting and motivational and so that's kind of the journey on this album and if you listen to it in sequence mm-hmm. you can almost hear a progression of of the storyline you know, kind of yeah like in radio wave it's almost like and by the way um you know from a nerdy just a nerdy detail radio wave even though we it's kind of got a double connotation you know you think of radio like mm-hmm. music but you know the sun's emits radio waves and so changing my life with the radio wave it's kind of like i'm gonna let the sun change my life you know that energy um you know and then you get your proclamation of everything's kind of falling apart but you're gonna hold on with light chaser and you know just it kind of progresses and then at the end the Mm -hmm. great escape is breaking away and heading towards it and that last little section where maya and i play um is called flight and so if it was a science fiction movie that'd be the ship you know flying out of the you know the fictional planet so oh man i I think it's awesome that you have it you have the themes there you have something that you're building you're you're you have a goal you've already said that you've got three albums you know so far like to have just really pretty much just released this one in the last in july few months yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and a to sell out b to be as successful in the prog scene as it is and to already say well we're already we're already moving forward we're we're not just celebrating this we've got more plans well kenny's writing right now mm. i mean he didn't he, he, he couldn't make it today because he wants to stay home and write songs <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm kidding but i mean he's, he'll send me he's i was in vegas doing some video work for one of the videos we're going to do and he was sending me pieces of songs that he's writing so oh, um definitely awoken a monster with him because yeah. he had really slowed down writing all these years and 
um, had resigned himself to kind of just fiddling around with stuff, but he's reawoken and, and really the talent that he has, um, and the, some of the stuff that he sent to me, is just mind blowing, beautiful, That's awesome. you know? And so it's really exciting. Cause again, being a fan of what he does, I never feel like, you know, like, yeah. well, hold on because, <laughs> you know, we joke around about me being a control freak in the project and it is my project and I fund it and I'm the kind of director, but I'm not an ego control freak mm-hmm. about, you know, cause I love having my friends involved and I love right. getting ideas from good sources. I'm just a quality control freak, you know? Right. And so with right. Kenny, um, what he sends me is quality. I mean, it's, it's not only that it's inspiring and I get excited and, you know, he'll send me a minute and a half piece of music and I'll turn it into a six minute song. Mm. Um, you know, and then he gets like, "Oh my God, I know it could sound like that." So it's it's really mutually just fulfilling. So yeah, that's and and that's the key. I think, I think it's difficult for people to find like minded individuals. And I'm I'm like you, like I'm I don't have an ego. We recently, my artist management team, we're now six. Yeah, and I'm really excited about the team. And it took a while to get there because it it's hard to find people that I don't have to quality control. Yeah. You know, it's hard to find people that are, they've already got that shorthand going. It's already almost not even having to talk about what the plan is. It's knowing that we already, we already get it. We already, we're already connected. It's just a matter of doing it. And I can trust them to send an email and I don't have to edit it or communicate with somebody like that. It's already there. And it's hard to find people that do that. People don't realize how hard it is to find that. Cause there's, you know, even in the music world, um, you know, Kenny is like that, you know, where I just trust what he does, you know, yeah. and David, my friend in Austin's like that, where, you know, I send him tracks. He's, I don't even guide him. He just sends tracks back and, yeah. and I get goosebumps, you know, and, and I still edit and move stuff around, but he gets what I want and he right. understands and I love what he does. And so it's a mutual connection. It's hard to find, you know, yeah. I, I audition a ton of guitar players for the live scenario mm-hmm. and there's some super talented guitar players yeah um but they just didn't fit and i just knew that it was going to be too much work for me to kind of usher them into our sound right and so you know we passed on them and um i'm just fortunate that kenny and i kind of click and he's you know no ego at all he's Mm -hmm. in it for the passion of music and so am i and so that's awesome you know you would think some of the lead singers with lead singer disease want (laughs) to you know stand up and say let me let me get up front but yeah, you know he's. But I think that comes from the performance part of it. And yeah. since you guys did that, been there, done that, got the shirt, times passed, and now you're just doing it for the love of the music. Yeah. It's, it's, I'd say backwards, but the right way to do it. Seems I like think. everything's backwards, huh? It, it does. Going but from the like, world to San Antonio. And <laughs> it 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 is, but in a in the best way possible. Yeah, I agree. Like as in a, this could be the new path for everybody, and then everything else becomes backwards. You know the trick I think is that. We weren't trying. I mean, that sounds silly, but we weren't trying to, you know, when you're. You made it for yourselves. Yeah, we made it. I wrote, I write music I like, and Kenny happens to like it. And Kenny's not a proggy guy um, consciously. He doesn't realize that he is because, um, you know, he doesn't write anything in 4-4. Everything's in (laughs) 7 and 5 and 3 and 6. And and he loves odd time signatures and, and, you know, counter melodies. But he just didn't realize he was a progger at heart. So he's learning. But, um, you know, we wrote music that we wanted to hear. And even when I write accessible elements, it's because it's what I like with mm-hmm. Tears for Fears and yeah. and the Beatles and Yes. And, you know, I just love great melodies and good, rich vocals. Yeah. And those are done for us. They're not done to please any other faction. And I had no idea anyone would even listen to the album other than Kenny and I. And so Man. it was all written just for the pure and even producing the packaging and, and the yeah. Facebook and the website and the band camp. It was all just to have it for us. And, yeah. um, oh, man. and maybe not trying to go ground up and say, we're going to conquer San Antonio, then Texas right. and, you know, all of those ambitions, maybe that freed us up. Yeah. You know? I think so. It, it, it didn't have to cloud your vision. It was yeah. just, we're making this, we're going to do this, throw it out there. People seem to like what we've done before. Yeah. Catches, catches. And it really has caught, um, a, it sold out how many albums again? Well, I, I printed 200 CDs, and then um, we sold, you know, we've sold so many on Bandcamp, and then iTunes and Amazon, I'm getting numbers in, but those mm. those are delayed three months. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so I'll get chunks of 15 or so. So, it, you know, it yeah. sells 
enough, you know, because that's not my ambition. You know, I've had a couple people, right. Right. people that don't know or, or think, you know, this is back in the days of Kiss and, and Ario <laughs> Speedwagon or something. They're like, oh, are you going to quit your job? It's like, <laughs> no, you, you really don't make money as a musician. No. And so we're both fortunate that we're career guys. We have very stable and um, secure jobs that mm -hmm. allow us the freedom to do this. <clears throat> and in the, in the prog genre, a lot of the more established bands are you know, double dippers where they have jobs and then they do this, um, you know, yeah. on the side and, and are still very significant out in the community, music community. So yeah, that's kind of our goal is to continue to be established and, um, you know, stay working at our day jobs. Yeah. I think, I think that's the way to go. I mean, I, I represent two bands right now and I've even had the discussion with them, you know, what's, well, I had a discussion with a band that I was going to sign and, and, uh, had nothing to do with me not signing them, but I asked them, what's your ambition as, as a band? Oh, we want to rule the world. We want to, yeah. you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. And I'm like, it's not the 90s, guys. Yeah. Just to be, just to throw it out there, to be honest, a lot of the successful bands out there, like you said, hold down jobs, yeah. you know, and music is, is their passion, but they know they're not going to be rich and have mansions. And that's just not the way the listenership has gone. That's not the way that the, the marketing push has gone. Everybody's driven to top 40 radio and it, that's, that's being crammed down everybody's throats. And unless you're one of those types of bands, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think people are starting to realize it. Um, some of my favorite bands that aren't local, um, they realize it. they know it. They, they say, you know, we're going to go do a tour cause I got some time off work. And yeah. then I come back, I still got my job. You know, I have a family to come home to. It's almost, I mean, it's almost impossible to think um, you can sustain a long yeah. financial career just doing music. It's not impossible, but, you know, I read an article a few years ago um, about Collective Soul, hmm. who's, you know, they were one of the big bands of the oh, 90s. Yeah. And, you know, they'd go home and, and live with their parents, you know, these guys, because everything yeah. was invested in what they were doing musically, but they got really no great return. Yeah. Um, and it's just, there's just not a ton of money in it. And so fortunately we're beyond the stage of wanting to rule the world because A, we probably wouldn't. And, you know, B, and that, that takes a full, just kind of yeah. a commitment of your life to go and at least take a shot at it. But even you too can't rule the world anymore. So that's scary, man. Yeah. They can't get at the top of the heap. It's, it's, it's scary. It's rough. Yeah. And it's, it's funny when you were saying that, uh, there's not a lot of money in it anymore. I think, I think major record labels have a lot to do with that i think bands that are still chasing that that 90s dream of getting on the label getting signed I, I hear it now you know we need to get signed we need to get signed and just to throw out some music industry knowledge if it's with a, a major and you know of course i don't need to tell you this but never sign with a major, yeah. <laughs> with a major because you'll lose control of your music yeah. you'll lose control of the vision you get money back and people will say oh well the signing bonus oh well the signing bonus has to get paid back yeah you know and it's not yours to keep it's yours to build and pay back and that way maybe you can own something of yours again but there are bands that don't own any of their their first two or three four or five albums right and they're still you know they work day jobs and they're struggling even though they were huge in the 80s and 90s and blew up and traveled the globe and you know sex drugs and rock and roll 20 30 years later you know, they're, yeah. they're touring as often as they can just to try to make up for what they lost or what they handed to somebody else in a contract. Yeah, the pop the pop music mechanics are, and I say pop in the sense yeah. of that's where labels go after. And, yeah. you know, fortunately, we're not, we don't fit that genre. Um, you know, we're in our late 40s. And so, we're, you know, we're, we have no business even trying to dip <laughs> into that. But I'm glad because, you know, I don't want to. And when mm -hmm. you what you just talked about when you do get an understanding and a lot of times it's when you get older and you have some wisdom and you look back at what the industry really is. I'm, I'm very grateful as silly as it sounds now that nothing happened to Sage back in the eighties. I didn't get any deals because, um, you know, you, it changes what the music is, you know, yeah. and right now we're writing music that we like and it's fun. And, and my, my ambition is to be heard, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, and appreciated which right now is happening so that's fulfilling and once you're heard and you're purchased and you're kind of out there it's kind of like validates that you exist oh, i mean yeah. you're out in the ether now and you're not just in your room i mean it's like 
nowhere out there in the prog yeah. music world. Well, you got out of the well, not even a garage. You got out of the recording area of your home. Yeah. Completely skipped over San Antonio yeah. and Texas, probably by and large, and just went out and blew up. I mean, still blowing up. Yeah, it's it's um, it's pretty freaky. Kenny and I look at each other thinking, who would have thought? I mean, we've sold records in Russia, Czech Republic, England, France, mm. Italy, the Netherlands. We're big in the Netherlands, by the way. Nice. Um, Malta, up all in the Northeast U.S. is really big. We just did a two-hour. We've done two extended um, radio shows with a friend of ours. Oh, now wow. he's a friend of ours. His name is Marty. Um, we did a two-hour two full interview, an album, you know, wow, unveiling. Nice. And so we've done some show, some radio in Washington State, but it just blows our mind. Germany, quite a few, quite yeah. a few purchases in Germany. Um, and I hear they want you to go too. Yeah, we get we get pushed for when are y'all going to come tour in England. And so we're not a hundred percent opposed to the idea we just have yeah. to a lot of things would have to line up and right the right. first thing is to get this live band we've assembled churning so we're working on that right now yeah nice and i've been seeing the updates on the on the group page as well that like oh we added so and so we added so and so tell me about about that experience of i know we tapped on it a little bit but like who's who's part of the live crew at this point well <clears throat> again um i'm pretty picky because i want the sound to be you know our sound so I spent a lot of time on, you know, band mix and, and looking through, you know, people that are sending, putting audition videos and, and I even got discouraged at a point, but we were able to line up people that, um, I can say I was really seeking. So mm-hmm. on drums right now, we have Raul Garcia who played in Felt None with Kenny. Mm-hmm. I've known him for 30 years and he's probably my favorite drummer in San Antonio. He's amazing. And he's one of those guys that just whatever he plays sounds fantastic and nice. he understands this kind of music um we found a keyboard player he had an audition video played some pretty complex genesis oh wow which i'm a huge genesis fan so i'm like yeah. i'm gonna call this guy his name is peter fithian peter gabriel genesis or? yes okay. peter gabriel genesis so he, he played this really beautiful piano part that it's on an old genesis song that's a classic and it's not easy to play and so part of it was that he could play it and the other mm-hmm. part was that he liked that kind of music and yeah. so I got in touch with Pete and, um, he, you know, he just sat in with us and he's just from a personality standpoint, he's perfect because yeah. he's playing for the love of the music and, um, great fit from a chemistry standpoint. And he's just so talented, man. He picks things up and plays so quickly. And so he's nice. outstanding. And then the search for a fifth person who could help sing and play guitar took forever. And, mm. Britt Mitchell, who used to play an innocent bystander in the day, um, was kind of on my radar and I would send him notes and, you know, he would never respond. So I thought, I don't want to stalk him. So <laughs> I'd always mark like a month between sending him a note and finally got a message back and he was all excited about meeting up. And I thought, man, he must not have seen the other notes. <laughs> but um, so we met up with with him and and this guy is like Mr. Commitment. I mean, he's gung ho and he's nice. got a real alternative style of playing so you know you think fix and tears for fears and you mm-hmm. two and you know kind of a that kind of alternative feel which fits nicely on this kind of playing yeah um Gosh. so he's he's the kind of he was kind of the fifth member so if the five of us can pull that off and try to reproduce you know a good set yeah um we may be on our way to playing live that's, so we'll see that's awesome that's awesome so san antonio keep that in mind you know i think I would definitely love to get you guys on on something soon. I think that would be great. Um, yeah, we'd be excited. Um, we want to sound good first, and then once we do that, you know, we have some goals and ambitions. We're not going to be a tour, uh, you know, live gig band every weekend, but we want to have spot shows where every couple of months we do something and put some energy into it, promoting it and getting a lot of people. And that would be, um, you know, for the fun of playing live because there's a a lot of fun and energy playing live. I bet. I bet. Well, I mean, I've 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 been in bands, never really did anything. The only live time that I got in front of a group of people or a large decent group of people was at a, a talent show, high school talent yeah. show, and uh, our band got beat out by uh, a, a local hero here, uh, John Hernandez, who played a uh, Joe Satriani song one handed, pretty oh much the goodness. whole song. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, we go up there, we 
mix two Metallica songs together and we rock hard and everybody's like, yeah. And then he comes on, he does that. And everybody's just like, yeah, damn Satriani. Yeah. I was like, and we just, we all just sat there slack jawed and we're yeah. like, well, I guess, I guess we didn't need to do what we did. Yeah. <laughs> we were pointless. We were whatever. But, um, one of the questions that I always, that I always ask towards the end, um, and I'm interested to hear, I mean, I'm, I, I think I might have an idea, but if somebody were to write a biography about you guys at this point, what would the biography be called? What would the name be? At this point, it would probably be like a comic book because it'd be short, but, um, you know, probably something from the album, like, um, like chasing light or light chasers or, um, something that sums up the theme of what we put together because, um, or even built for the future, just the title, because part of where I got that name, um, Kenny's a huge fix fan. Mm-hmm. And I've known that for 30 years. And so as we were getting juiced up and starting to write and, and I wanted you know him to get even more, feel more comfortable, like this right. is a shared project, um, I pulled out a bunch of fixed titles and I went through them all. And I thought, nice. I wonder if there's a good one. And uh, Since the Adventure, which is another song, was the, mm-hmm. that was the second runner up. But Built for the Future sounded great, you yeah. know, and plus... It has the kind of hidden meaning of we met back in the 80s and that meeting, this was built, yeah. you know, for now. So it's kind of because we joke all the time. It's like, God, why didn't we write earlier all this time? And we have such creative chemistry. Yeah. And now we're just now discovering that between the two of us because we really have seen each other quite a bit over the last 30 years. Yeah. Just never really got the spark. And um, I just keep telling you because it was built for the future. It was built for now. So, yeah, that's um, true something something along those lines i think yeah probably a four-page biography <laughs> or at least you know how many pages again 20 yeah at least one picture per page so hey. yeah if it's a picture book it can get 25 pages <laughs> yeah and like i said I, I really am looking forward to to posting pictures of this and uh of the album and the uh the booklet from the adobe premiere or adobe uh file um new music video you were mentioning you went out to red rocks yes explain the process, the thoughts behind it, and which song, first of all, which song is it for? Well, right now we have Radio Wave as the targeted song. It seems to be one that resonates quickly with folks, um, and I love it, and it's kind of a signature song. Radio Wave and Light Chaser are the two kind of, you know, the, the captains of the album, I think. So um, they would be the singles? Yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's a couple that we're excited about, and, and, you know, funny enough, over in Europe, everybody wants videos for the long songs and so oh, nice. that may happen soon too because that'd be cool it's it's interesting to watch how much of a reaction we get for the 12 minute song and the seven minute song i mean that's proggy guys and they love the big ones and so we may do that eventually but radio wave right now is slated for the first one and we're going to do some performance video with a, a local producer that is being very supportive and helping us with that and then I wanted to bring this character from the album cover to life. And so he's in our photo shoots. Fisher, right? Yes, I nicknamed him Fisher. And um, he's in our photo shoots for album artwork and on the website and pictures that we've taken, promotional pictures. And he'll probably make an appearance in the performance video. But I went out to Red Rocks Las Vegas with my um, friend Dan. And um, we shot all kinds of footage of him trawling the otherworldly looking red rocks because it looks like another planet and we spent the whole day out there and it was a blast got some really nice footage that looks um like somebody's on a journey you know and it's his character but it looks like he's on a journey so hopefully we'll be able to assemble all that and put it in with a performance video and get something out because we all kenny and i both agree that visually i think it even enhance the experience more than just you know what people are responding to now so yeah we're looking forward to getting that produced that's awesome and that's a great way to look at it too is is not just a video for video's sake it's to enhance the experience yeah. i think that's awesome yeah we're, we're thinking fisher's gonna be around here and there um spotty in, the, in these three albums trying to help explain the stories and, and give some consistency and then um think of a different theme after that i'm sure but for yeah. these three albums that we're working on they kind of all feel connected um he's kind of the protagonist so yeah that's awesome i i just i'm i got i remember when you handed this to me at uh starbucks i was just like blown away by by Thank it you. um 
from from my perspective as a as an artist manager and as a as a music lover too because that's really how it all started my interactions with things were just like you know just like they were back when albums were were really huge is the artwork is what captured you yeah you know and i think that translated to cd as well just not as much uh and then of course after that then it was like oh i don't even know the name of the song it's track number five yeah no kidding <laughs> so yeah. and that's that's annoying to me but you know say levy um where can where can people find you guys? Do you have? I know I know I think the Bandcamp is the major. Bandcamp's kind of our headquarters. Okay. Um, we have a website that's under construction. Oh, good. Um, good. A good friend of mine, Philip, is working on that, and that'll come up soon. But Bandcamp is really the HQ, so that has um, you know our connectors to Facebook, and mm-hmm. we are on Facebook as a group under Built for the Future. Everybody's welcome to join us. Um, just hit me up, and you you come on in. And you can also find us on iTunes and Amazon and, you know, probably 150 other digital retailers because we're on all of them. Nice. Um, we're on Spotify, um, probably on some streaming radio also. I um, haven't really looked too much for that, but um, it's everywhere. And Bandcamp's the preferred place to buy it if you can. Yeah. Um, we're chatting about another run of cds so we'll see how that works oh, out because i'm getting requests almost every day for a cd so we we may work on that where we're putting together t-shirts also um very got cool. some requests for that so we've got it's t-shirts growing. in the works it's growing fast yeah. yeah i think that i think i just like i said i'm blown away i think you guys did it the right way you guys really did i mean you don't have anything but the but the physical cd and the digital and people are asking you for shirts yeah. as opposed to most of the bands I know. They're like, Hey, we're a band. Hey, we jammed out twice. We sound awesome. Let's make merch. Yeah. And then they go. And of course nothing's going to sell yeah. right off the bat, you know, because they don't have that established presence. They don't have a fan base. You guys found your fan base first and you now know what, it's about feeding them. Yeah. What was significant Mario is it's kind of by accident that this, all these connections were made because in, in a, you know, give myself credit for being a social fellow because I'm a fan of music. So a lot of musicians, and I'm sure you see this everywhere, want you to like their page or listen to their band, but they won't return the favor. Right. You know, and I've sent my album to many folks that I listen to their album, give full, you know, these great compliments and, and they love that part, but they don't want to, they don't extend the, the, you know, the return. And so I get excited about some of these artists that are kind of at my level in the prog world. And so I, I listen to their albums, I buy them and then I contact them and I've been doing that for a couple of years. And, you know, I've met some really cool friends that became my friends because I got into their album yeah. and, um, through those friends, when my album came out, I had a network of people that felt truly supported and connected by me. So they yeah. were up to, to, return the favor yeah. and so they would Gosh. forward it to people and um you know this guy todd sky who lives in ohio um ran across me and just became our number one fan but what he did is he forwarded to everybody out in the prog world whether he knew him or not and so <laughs> he connected us with billy sherwood from yes who oh, um reached reached out to us and said hey i'll do some mixing for you which you know somebody mm-hmm. in my favorite band you know i passed out and um but it was that kind of networking that I think really yeah. paid off for us and being patient. And to be truthful, I call it artistic karma because I put so much energy yeah. into other people's music and really appreciating it and giving them, you know, my support. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of swirling back because, oh, yeah, um, definitely. you know, I have a network of friends now that, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for and they're super supportive, you know, God. and, um, and then they know people in the, in, you know, in the prog world, and I'm working with some of the more prominent people on projects now. Um, Kenny's doing vocals for one of the, you know, their established oh, band. Man. He's doing background vocals. I played bass on their album. Um, it, it's, but it's all stems, I think, from, you know, Those reaching out to these people and spending time yeah. just building it without any cost. Like, I'm going to say I like your album, but listen to my next. You mm-hmm. know, it was just a lot. Like Jay Him, he's an artist in Connecticut. I mean, I bought his album, listened to it for, for like five weeks straight, you know, and yeah, and now we're good friends and, you know, working on this big collaborative project Gosh, from this guy awesome. up in Europe. But that kind of stuff, I think, really helped. But it takes yeah. patience and it takes a genuine interest in other people's music right. to make that connection. And so fortunately, um, I was social enough to do that, you know. 
Yeah, I that's exactly. I completely agree. I yeah. think that's exactly what it takes. Um, gosh, uh, the only other thing I have to ask: uh, Do you have any other social media links? I know we mentioned the Facebook group page. Well, uh, on Twitter, Bandcamp. Um, what's the Bandcamp? Band uh, Bandcamp is built again? for the future. One. Okay. But if you just go to Bandcamp and search "Built for the Future Chasing Light," our album comes flat up. Um, when I signed up for Bandcamp, I put "Built for the Future One" because it was the first album, and you know, could kick myself in the rear for doing that now because it just adds one little element of weirdness. But <laughs> but "Built for the Future One," or you can just go to Bandcamp and search, you know, "Built for the Future" and um, "Chasing Lights" the album. And if you just Google "Built for the Future Chasing Light." You know, reviews come up, which yeah. have been very flattering. Um, I mean, really flattering. And, um, you know, the band camp will come up and other things that it's connected to. So nice. good old Google works. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I was noticing earlier, the band camp and reviews, tons of reviews. Yeah, it's it's been, uh, and it's cool because, you, you know, you get to your phone and someone will email me and say, hey, check out my site. I reviewed it. And nice. then you go read the review and there's... A fellow named Martin Hutchinson, and he actually runs a progressive rock label in England um, that's pretty substantial. Nice. And he does Progradar, which is um, a pretty big website in England for prog music. And, man, he wrote, like, this humongous review that was just so wow. flattering. Um, and he's a great supporter, you know. And that so is awesome. Those are the kind of people that have made it kind of more fluid as far as getting to people's ears and people reacting and... Yeah. I'll stumble across, you know, forums or Facebook groups, prog bands, and I'll see people talking about us. And that's kind of a cool feeling, you know, because yeah. I didn't initiate the conversation. They're just right. having this. They're like, I'm going to pop in this room and, oh, wait, I hear, I hear my name. Yeah, What's going like, on? Hey, that's this band built for the future. You got to check them out. You know, so those are cool things. Those are real cool. That's awesome. You know? Oh, man, I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. Thank you. I know we had met uh, a long time ago. Actually, uh, we bumped into each other recently at a San Antonio uh, local guild. music guild meeting. Yes. And then prior to that, I'm trying to remember the first time I met you. Was it at a was it a local 782 meeting, I think? I'm not sure. It might have been something with George. Probably. Because George is everywhere. Yes, George is everywhere. He's like a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we definitely talked at the um, guild meeting. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm really glad that I finally got to sit down and with I you. I appreciate it. Thank oh, of you. course, of course. Like I said, I fell in love with the album. And I mean, as as far as Prague, I was like, I don't know what Prague is. I don't know what Prague is. But then you explained it to me. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, Tears for Fears. Like my, my dad played Tears for Fears constantly. I still play Tears for Fears constantly. Yeah. I'm trying to put together an 80s cover show like where a band will come and play maybe two or three 80s covers and then two or three originals and have it be like a benefit show and i've already got my three tears for fear songs uh -oh. that i'm like i i know i want somebody to do these which three did you pick uh mad world of course yes uh everybody wants to rule the world and shout i mean uh, the, the biggest yes. I, I gotta admit it those were the ones that were like were constantly in my ear um there's a few others that were were close to making the list and I, the names of one of the name of one of them i can't really remember but it's it was up there um the one that's uh da 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 yes that's um head over heels thank you yes listen to the moog solo in the middle of that song yeah see there i mean there that album was like alternative prog i mean it was like just a different treatment but yeah. if you listen to that whole album those songs bleed into each other they have endings and yeah, codas they have a moog solo they have i mean odd time signatures in the working hour i mean it's beautiful music yeah. and so you know something like everybody wants to rule the world that's what people are familiar with yeah but when you really dig into tears for fears um he takes melody and, and melds it with you know interesting music yeah. and that's one of the reasons you know, the vocals and the melody, which is also Beatlesque, is one mm -hmm. of the reasons, you know, we call our music, you know, Rush meets Tears for Fears, because it's yeah. kind of a combination of those two. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, well, thank you again. I really appreciate thank your Thank you time, for having me. Of course, of course. Thanks for making the drive. This is, like I said, this is the first one I've done at my house, so. No problem. Uh, actually, I take that back. I did have somebody out on the balcony, but she lives, like, three exits up. Uh, so and Kenny sends his regards. He, oh, um, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely have to have him on soon too yes we'll review as a matter of fact um kind of a teaser for the podcast listeners i uh we had talked about it on facebook uh in a long 
long drawn out message that we were going back and forth about the music scene and just general music yeah, industry stuff and uh i'm trying to f i'm gonna start look actively looking for a place to do this because i really love the idea of having a podcast not a podcasters roundtable a musicians roundtable and having it be an event at some place where people can go and check it out yeah. because i think it's it's important and it's probably going to draw mostly musicians but uh you can periscope that one uh, yeah well actually we're looking into uh what is it that we're looking into I can't remember the name of it now. It's going to drive me insane. Um, another um, Twitch. Okay. Twitch TV. So we're looking into doing that, and I'm sure we'll have somebody Periscope and somebody else Meerkat it and you know do all the social media, everything, but uh, have a, a roundtable where we discuss topics and and get questions from the audience possibly and have it be a, a live kind oh, of a thing. Awesome. Um, because I think it's an important conversation to have, you know, and I think it's – I really value your – your uh outlook on things uh, your perspective on things it's definitely different and contrary to other people's perspectives because i'm old well i th <laughs> <laughs> it's the wise factor but it's yeah. also the the i think it's also the you're not inundated with it yeah on a local level kind of a thing and i think people that get into the local scene it's kind of like stepping into the deep end and losing themselves in that spot and not realizing that there's a whole other area that they need to explore. Yeah. So I really appreciate your viewpoint on that. We'll be happy um, to help if you do that. Yeah, that would That'd be, be awesome. Fun. That'd be awesome. And, you know, of course, we'll throw it on the podcast. We'll throw it on YouTube everywhere. Um, and that will probably be hopefully something that's maybe once a quarter. Maybe, yeah, sounds great. Maybe even more. I don't know. It depends on how it goes. But uh, I'd love to have you back for that. I would love to do it. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, Everybody check out, uh, and I don't know the episode number yet, but uh, we're probably going to put it out very soon, Built for the Future, Chasing Light. Uh, amazing album, great music. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to sharing it with everybody locally. I know we've got a global audience. We've had over, I think we're now getting up to 15,000 downloads in the world uh, in over 100 countries. Um, but our largest group, of course, is in Texas and specifically San Antonio. So people here are listening. I don't know who they are. I don't say hi or anything, but maybe I need to make a group page instead. <laughs> well, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>